0: Welcome friends to another r slash pro revenge video. If you want to rest easy knowing you're a real pro, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by the devil's evil twin, Adult Bully at Disney World. I'm a 24 year old male who looks a lot younger. My fiance and I parked our car at Disney. They directed to specific spots, so I couldn't have found a better parking spot. My fiance pulls in to the best of her ability next to this absolute jackbutt who is watching and laughing with his girlfriend at her attempt to fit her tiny car between the white lines so that she isn't parked in the person to her left space and causing a domino effect. So this guy's in a truck, not a huge one, just tall and loud. He could definitely fit his car between the lines. He just chose not to and was seeming to enjoy watching us struggle, we chose to ignore it after she was able to fit her car between the lines, even though the front of his car was in our spot. Her car was small enough so that we could both fit. After my fiance got out, I decided to wait for this guy to get out of his truck as he'd been there first, and I still needed to gather some of my things before jumping out. He slams his door against mine, climbs out of his tall butt truck, looks at the mark he made and just visibly shrugs and laughed as he made his way to the back of his truck with his girlfriend. She looks somewhat shocked. My fiance asks, did he just hit our door? I tell her, yep. Then I notice that he's still standing at the bed of his truck, looking over at me almost like he was waiting for me to get out to see what I'd do. At that point, I was pissed off. This guy seemed like he actively goes and does crap like this to be a jerk to people for fun and get a reaction out of them. He seemed like he peaked in high school and thinks that bullying others is how you impress women. I open my door. I don't slam it as hard as he did and leave a mark, but I definitely didn't carefully climb out so as to not hit his door. I do this while looking right at him. His smile immediately fades, and this is what is exchanged. He yells, What the freak do you think you're doing? Me calmly speaking says, Getting out of my car, him realizing that I'm not going to get into a fistfight in a Disney parking lot, said, uh, just learn to be careful, mate. I say I'll learn to be careful when you learn to park and act like an adult. He then went on to his girlfriend about stupid Americans, but I think this guy was used to acting like a jerk to people and not getting told off because he was a muscular-looking dude who drives one of those douchey, loud, and tall trucks. I felt bad for the woman. She seemed genuinely shocked and embarrassed and kept trying to pull him away. I know this is small, but I was proud for standing up for myself. I'd gotten pushed around a lot in my life, but I felt the guy was disrespecting my fiancée as it was her car and I just couldn't have that. As we walked into the park, my fiancée grabbed my hand and nuzzled her head into my shoulder and told me she loves me. For the first time, I felt like a good man and it made me proud that I didn't let my anger get the best of me and lose my temper by getting into an unneeded fight or yelling obscenities. I got the point across that I wasn't going to be walked on, but I kept my cool and remained calm. In your guys' opinions, is OP's revenge here enough for a jerk like that? Basically, they left a mark on OP's girlfriend's car, so OP left a mark in that guy's truck. Is that enough revenge against this jerk who was laughing and did that? Let me know in the comments down below. Our next story is by Tundra Taurus. You plan on eating the entire family-sized bag of chips to yourself and don't want to share? I'll be the shining example and get you a special snack next time. This was about 10 years ago. Gardettos, of all things, reminded me of sharing snacks with my brothers on movie night and how I hated sharing out of one bowl because my brothers would eat all the tasty bits and leave nothing but plain breadsticks, even if it was a communal snack. It was literally competitive eating and I learned quickly to get my own bowl if I wanted pretzels or rye slices. This eventually led to everybody just picking their own single-serve snack and calling it good. My littlest brother is a big guy taller than anybody else in the family, and he liked his food. My belt loops say I don't have any room to talk myself, so I'm not putting him down in any way. This was just the fact of the time. After venturing into adulthood, I was back home for an extended visit. Both my brothers were still living at home, and by this time, movie night was a bygone memory. Buying snacks for the weekend was still a thing though. Not sure if it was early in my visit or if i just missed the snack boat, but I ended up without one weekend. My youngest brother came home with a family-sized bag of corn chips and a jar each of cheese and salsa. What a guy, he's so sweet, he's taking it all into his room. Not a huge deal, just not how I remember things operating. I don't need snacks. But after listening to the bag crinkle from the living room for so long, I caved and asked if he'd share a bowl. Gladly denied, not enough to share. He wasn't a jerk about it exactly, he was apologetic in his no, and I respected it. Hold the face maybe, but I'm not starving, I just wanted something tasty. And he had paid for the food with his own money, not the family's, and was within established house boundaries. The thing my brothers might not have even noticed about themselves at the time was that they would eat what was opened until it was gone. It didn't matter to them the amount of servings in a package, it would all be eaten. The after effects of growing up with tons of siblings. We have more but they aren't a part of the story. If you didn't get in and get it when there was some, you probably wouldn't get any. So I decided to kill my brothers with kindness and instead of sticking to buying just myself a snack, I gave each of them a one pound bag of dried apricots. I bought myself beer and went to a friend's for the weekend. My brothers never said anything to me, why would they? But my dad and I were talking later that week and he wondered if there was a flu going around because my brothers had spent the entire weekend fighting over the upstairs toilet. I laughed so hard and had to tell him what I did. He had been big into pranks in his youth and appreciated the humor of it. He was my muse in the situation, honestly. He laughed a bit about it, but did give me a stern look that said I wouldn't be pulling a similar stunt with him should I be inclined to try. I only just remember this while talking with my mom, who was completely clueless about the interaction. I wonder if my little brother will find this post and I can finally live guilt free. Hey man, OP did their brothers a serious service here. They would have never have gotten nearly as much fiber in their lives without OP stepping up to the plate and giving them those apricots. Our next story is by Al Bondegas. My mom's sweater revenge on my dad. I just remembered an incident of petty revenge that my mother inflicted on my father more than 50 years ago. My dad's a great guy with many wonderful qualities, but back in his younger days, he did have a bit of a vein streak. And he's always been stubborn as heck. One day, my mom was out shopping and found a sweater on sale she thought he would like. Before he tried on the sweater, my dad got a look at the label and noticed she'd brought home a size large. Helen, you know I don't take a large, he protested. She said, Bob, why don't you just try it on? I think this one will actually fit you. That was a non starter. My father dug in his heels and shifted into his pompous mode, and believe me, no one ever did pompous better than my old man. The dude is a world champ at pomposity. Helen, I always wear medium, and you should know that by now. My mom was not about to get flustered. She said, alright Bob, I'll take it back and exchange this one for a medium. My dad was pleased that he'd made his point so quickly and convincingly, and walked away looking smug. My mom went straight back to the store, but came home with not one, but two identical sweaters. One in size medium, and one in size small. Then she grabbed her sewing kit and swapped out the labels. When my dad got home, she gave him the small sweater with the medium label, then watched as he struggled to get his head through the collar. Does that fit better, Bob? Much better, Helen, thank you, he answered. With his eyes bugging out and the sweater gapped open over his belt, Dad wore the sweater around for a while that day, but I don't remember if he ever wore it again. One thing I can be sure of, he was not about to admit that maybe this sweater actually did feel a tiny bit snug. My mom was not normally one for extravagance, but I'm pretty sure having the story to share with a trusted few confidants was very much worth the price of two clearance sale sweaters. She passed away 5 years ago, but my dad's still around and sharp as an almost new tack at age 99. I wonder if the time has come yet to let him in on the stunt, or if he'll get all pompous at me for confronting him with the truth that he actually did once need a size large. Ah, No sense in rushing things, I'll wait a few more years to make sure. Well, you gotta give your dad one thing, he is a stubborn guy that refuses to admit defeat. They were willing to get choked out wearing that super small sweater on them, rather than just admit that they were wrong. Our next story is by a non-nom The best revenge is to be and do better. When I was a young man, I worked managing a children's after-school project. We had one kid there who could be problematic and lash out physically at others. One day, he did just that to me and I have training regarding restraint procedures. I had to restrain for about 10 seconds, nothing harmful or anything, exactly how we were trained to do it. I informed his stepdad when he came to collect him. explained everything that had happened, explained the anger in his lashing out and kicking me, showed him the bruises on my legs. The following day, I get a visit from the head of the council department I worked for. A complaint had been made, The police had been informed, and I've been suspended from all four jobs I worked with the local authority. Childcare and youth work. I'd just left the residential social side of my work. Turns out that this kid's mom had just qualified as a social worker and had started pulling all of the strings that she could with her new colleagues. She tried to get me arrested and charged with assault. That went nowhere, as there was no case to answer, and the police interviewed me and later informed me that they couldn't even believe it had been brought to them in the first place. But here's where it gets crazy, is that there was literally a witch hunt started. Lies were told within the council by this woman, backed up by friends in the same department. A sham internal investigation was carried out. The management committee of the after-school project I managed was directly threatened with being blackballed themselves. This included site manager of the school, a police officer, and other people who worked with children in some form. They panicked and decided to let me go, but they wrote and told me of the threats made to them. The council's investigation then relied heavily of this dismissal as reason enough to terminate me from all my other roles. What they failed to realize was that I'd been collating everything I could. People I knew within the council passed me copies of emails. I had nearly eight years' service with them, and I qualified for legal help to sue them for the dismissal. That's exactly what I did. And they didn't even want it to go as far as a tribunal because their case was non-existent and relied on assumptions and unprovable rumors spread by their own staff. Let's just say that I had to sign an NDA and couldn't talk about it for 10 years, and I had a not-so-insignificant payout. Now comes the petty revenge part. Four years ago, I ran into this kid, now a fully grown adult in his early 20s. I was stood behind him in the supermarket and he eventually recognized me and started to say something snotty to his friend about me. I leaned forward and said, Tell your mom I said thanks. If not for the lies and BS she tried to pull, I'd have never have had insert large sum of money here to buy my house with. It paid 60% of it up front. Couldn't have done it without you guys. Gave him a wink and smiled. The look on his face? Priceless. He literally started to turn purple and his friend kept asking him, what lies did you tell to get him that kind of payout? In the end, he dumped his shopping basket and stormed off. I moved one place closer to the checkout with the biggest poop-eating grin on my face you've ever seen. Now I'm not saying it was necessarily worth it, but being able to afford 60% of an upfront down payment on a home with that settlement money, that was probably a pretty good settlement right there, especially if you were able to turn around and still find new work elsewhere in a similar field. Stories by Swish Leafy Forced me to stay longer at work and not pay me? I'll ruin your business for a day. About a year ago, I was a waitress at a family-owned diner. It was Mother's Day and a Sunday, so you can imagine how busy the diner was. The diner had 12 tables and I was the only actual waitress. Normally, my boss, the owner, would be helping me with tables on busy days. I show up to work and already people are in the diner waiting to be served my boss is nowhere to be seen. I was stressed out because it was just me and the cook. No dishwasher or busser. Within an hour, the restaurant was packed. I was responsible for serving everyone, taking pickup orders on the phone, managing online orders, cleaning the dishes, and bussing the tables. 12 tables all by myself. I call my boss asking her where the heck she was. Doesn't pick up the phone, After 5 hours, my shift was about to end, the restaurant was still packed. I call my boss and she FINALLY picks up. I ask her when she's coming as my shift is almost over, the restaurant's packed. This woman has the nerve to ask me, can you stay for 2 more hours? I had a doctor's appointment that I forgot, sorry. I calmly tell her, my shift ends at 1, so I'm letting you know that someone needs to be here to take orders. She begs me to stay, that she has no one to be at the diner. I almost feel bad, but this woman's made me stay for 15-20 to minutes after my shift ends and not paid me for those minutes, so I hang up and walk out. The next day, my boss is furious with me, asks me why on earth I thought my behavior was professional. I then reminded her that I had obligations outside of work and that I could not stay longer because she had forgotten to manage her time right. I was tempted to tell her I had a doctor's appointment too, but alas, I did not. Surprisingly, I wasn't fired. There were angry customers, lots of meals comped, and the cook closed the diner temporarily. But I was the only worker who kept that diner running, so she had no choice but to keep me. A few months ago, I put in my two weeks' notice. My boss begged me to at least stay on the weekends, told me, No, you have to work weekends, I need you here. I told her, Unfortunately, I'll be working at my new job during that time, so I won't be available on weekends. Even though I put in my notice for two weeks, I ditched after a week and blocked her on everything. I now make twice as much at an easier job. It's definitely hilarious that this owner of this restaurant who did a no-show at their own establishment has the gall to call OP out for being unprofessional. That said, they probably must have been underpaying their people because I feel like they shouldn't have had any issue getting enough people in to at least run the place. Considering OP left and got paid twice at an easier job, the pay at this place probably sucked. Our next story is by NoCell9903, Karen on a Plane. I was on an airplane, and right when we landed, a Karen in the back unbuckled and darted to the front of the plane to get off first. She didn't make any eye contact and felt that she was special. I'm talking about going from the very last seat on the plane down the whole row and past first class, basically standing at the little kitchen thing in the front. All this time, the seatbelt sign was still on and we were still rolling down the runway. The flight crew had asked her to return to her seat until we reached the gate, but she was not even responding. Everyone was basically trying to just wait it out. It was a long flight, 8 hours, and at this point we were exhausted anyways. Nobody said a word. Suddenly, the captain announced that we had a special guest on board and he'll be coming out to greet her after we were settled at the gate. The Karen stood there awkwardly until we did the whole rolling into the gate and whatever planes do when they land for about 15-20 to minutes. Everyone sat there waiting to see what the captain was talking about. Eventually the captain came out and asked the lady to please move back a little to get his special guest. Then a little more, then a little more. He was looking from row to row to find a specific person. Everyone's watching and looking around to see who could it be. He kept going and going, asking the Karen to please step back a few more steps each time. Finally, as they approached the rear of the plane, he asked her to sit for a second while he grabbed the intercom at the rear of the plane. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to announce our special guest sitting in seat 42C. Let's give her a round of applause. The whole plane went wild with laughter and applause. I loved every moment of that. You could definitely be one of those people that try to get them suspended or barred from taking flights with the company, or you could do what this lovely captain did and just make a total fool out of themselves, having literally been walked all the way back to their seat, sat down, and made a fool of. Our next story is by Uncool Frenchie. Want to wrap me up to management? Enjoy your new Facebook recommendations. So last week, I got dragged into a meeting with my bosses, and they told me that I, in no uncertain terms, could no longer use my iPad. I work at a hotel as a night auditor, so I'm not thrilled about this, and I also heard a couple of other allegations that I know originated from this one guy. Let's call him Jim Bob. Anyway, I come in tonight to relieve Jim Bob, only to find out that he's still logged into Facebook. I look through his feed and it's all sports and crap like that. Boring. Time to live in it up. I started liking a poopload of trans, furry, Scientology, Communist, Ballet, My Little Pony, anime, cosplay, and other such pages. Now his Facebook feed starting to look interesting. I'm sure this guy is going to be overjoyed coming back to their Facebook and finding all of this very colorful and fresh new content for them to explore. Thank you OP. Our next story is by Turn. No drinks on raised surfaces? Okay. I work in a car detailing shop who has just gotten a new manager a couple of weeks ago. She's instituted multiple arbitrary new rules, but this is the worst of them all. Throughout the day, I share a desk with multiple other people. This desk is used to cash clients out, to write up and print invoices, and to sign up new clients. However, only one person is ever clocked in to use this desk at a time. When someone is using the desk, their things are placed there. Cell phone, a drink, etc. It's been this way for years because... It's a desk. Sunday morning, there was a new note on the desk, stating that there were to be no drinks on the desk because it's a raised surface. As most tables are here's the petty revenge. The management desk, they all share one raised surface, is 40 feet from my desk. It had four drinks on it, and because it's a raised surface, the drinks shouldn't have been on it. So the drinks got placed on the floor, and throughout the day, I removed the drinks from raised surfaces to place them on the floor. She must have gotten tired of having to get her drink off of the floor, and the note has been removed. I'm going to be honest, I feel like... Having a rule where you have to keep your drinks on the floor is probably going to lead to more issues than just leaving it on the table. Like, think about it if somebody just kind of forgets that they set a drink down, they're much more likelier to knock it over on the ground next to them or in passing versus it being up on a table, right? Our next story is by Pending Twist. Got laughed at by everyone for calling me stupid. So, after I finished my study, I took a year off before I started working. In that year, I also applied for a scholarship to a grad school, basically just testing the waters. But one day my high school friend Linda contacted me and asked if I wanted to work back office 9-6 to in a branch of a bar she's working at because someone just resigned and they needed replacement quick. I said yes, went for an interview with one of the three owners, Mike, and got hired immediately. The office was full of friends of a friend, so everyone seemed to know everyone despite it was only a small office. And the best thing of working there is that everybody's nice and fun, but one person. Within the first couple months, I got a call and turned out my scholarship was granted. I got the evening class for employees so I could keep my job with very little adjustment. Everything went well in my first year. I did my best at work and made some improvements on the job, even though sometimes I would need to finish my essays during my lunch break. One day, as I was having lunch while finishing my essay, owner 2, Greg, came in and asked what I was doing. I was focused with my essay so I replied simply, homework. He knows I was Linda's classmate in high school, but didn't know I was attending grad school. He asked for what, and I replied with a simple, school. I needed to submit it before my break is over. Otherwise, I wouldn't have any more time before class. So I typed it as fast as I could and focused as much as I could, until I heard him laugh. I glanced at him, not knowing what was so funny, and continued with my essay. Greg said, ''Weren't you in Linda's class?'' I said, ''Yes, focus, focus, focus.'' He said, ''Oh my god, then you must be really stupid that you haven't finished college.'' I said, ''Okay, focus, fo- Wait, what?'' He said, you know, you actually need a bachelor's degree to work back office in here. I say, "Uh uh-huh. Did he just say I haven't finished college? Saved by the bell, he got a call from a vendor that he had an appointment with that they arrived. I continued with my essay, work, and leave for my class, so we didn't meet again that day. But the next afternoon, he showed up in the office, which was unusual because that branch didn't open until 4 p.m. And when he met me, he shouted, hey, there's the stupid girl. "'Done your homework, stupid?' And before I could answer, he left to the bar. I wasn't sure at first what he was talking about, but when I remembered yesterday's conversation, I got pissed. I may be an idiot, but I did have my bachelor's degree. Mike and Linda even had my transcript. But this man didn't know about that, and I intended to keep it that way, and secretly wished that I would be there when other people told him that I was actually already graduated when he didn't even go to college at all.' So I bear with him calling me stupid here and there for the whole week until that fateful afternoon when everybody gathered for the weekly meeting. When it was my turn to give my update, he interrupted me so much that the other owner who was my direct boss, Sam, told him to shut up. Greg of course used this opportunity to tell everyone that I was stupid because I haven't graduated. He told Sam to stop defending me and that I'm stupid for still being in college. Sam was confused because he knew the truth. Heck, he was the one who approved and rescheduled my shift so I can go to class. But since they're friends, he gave him the benefit of the doubt and asked him, ''So, you called OP stupid because you think she hasn't graduated from college?'' Greg says yes, and I don't know why Linda recommended her, but she should have checked her background first. We shouldn't hire a stupid girl who couldn't even finish college in time. Linda says I did and she has a degree. Greg said, no way. She told me she was doing homework for her class later that day. This stupid girl is clearly in college. Me staying silent, wondering what his problem with me was and why they're talking about me as if I wasn't there. The other four people in the office secretly enjoying the drama but knows what's going to happen. Sam said, well, she is still studying, but... Greg says, there you know. You are her boss and you should know that she hasn't graduated and it's against company policy. We need to fire her. Linda says, So you called her stupid because you think she hasn't graduated? Mike says, Okay, enough. It's not what you think, Greg. She's not in college. She's in grad school. I have her transcript from her if you wanted to see. And if anyone should complain about her degree, it's obviously not coming from someone who didn't even go to college like you. Greg says, But she told me. I say I told you it's for school. I just didn't tell you which school. He was made to apologize to me, but for the next month, he became the laughing stock for what he said in the meeting. It's always the ones who really have no room to talk, that go around like spouting this stuff as if they're superior. You got a nice title, but you're friends with the other owners. You weren't smart enough yourself to graduate from college, and you have your facts wrong. I just hope that this guy's smart enough to realize how embarrassed he should be. Our next story is by Renan003. Don't want to work on our assignment? Fine, neither do I. This happened a few years ago in college. I had a class about entrepreneur projects, and that semester was building a business on paper. Basically, we had to figure out what the business would be about, how it would work, and how much money it would need and make. I did this subject in a different class, so I could have Fridays free. So I didn't know anyone in there except for one guy, let's call him Mark. So I teamed up with Mark and another 3 leftover people to be our group. At first, things were working like a charm, since we only cared about passing the subject and didn't give a crap about our grades. We would each do a part on an assignment, we had to deliver assignments each Wednesday, but we still got max scores on them. Our grade would basically be based upon all of our deliveries plus some points on individual tests. Important info for later, didn't take much time for things to go downhill. It reached a point on the project that basically we couldn't modulate the work anymore. The five of us would need to sit together and brainstorm about the next steps. More specifically, when we reached the point of how we would earn money with our business. Either that, or one person would do everything alone. My group chose the second option, and this would basically be happening for six weeks. On Friday, I would send a message to our WhatsApp group like, Guys, we have to deliver X stuff on Wednesday, when do you want to meet? Saturday, no responses. Sunday, the two checks would turn blue, meaning everyone read the message, no response. Monday, I would send a follow-up message, no response. Tuesday, I would work my butt off and deliver it alone. Wednesday, two hours before the deadline, someone, usually Mark, would send a message, Hey, how do you guys want to do it? Which I would answer, It's already done. And they would thank me and promise to release me from doing anything on the next assignment, which wouldn't happen, and the cycle would continue. After 5 weeks, I was fed up and got in contact with a teacher. Her response was that it was too late to do anything now because she couldn't assign me to another group, and she couldn't give me special treatment, but she told me to check my grades because most likely I already passed the subject. I looked on it, and with my individual tests plus what I already delivered on the project, I got a grade high enough to barely pass the subject. This was kinda messed up, but all the individual tests, and project as well, grades were public, so I saw that no one in my group had passed. The closest one was Mark, but he didn't deliver one of the individual tests, so he would still need to do something to pass. I could then and there be the bigger person and say something like, guys, I already passed the subject, start doing something, or I won't do anything anymore, but I can be petty sometimes. On the sixth week, I didn't do anything. Wednesday arrived and Mark tagged me in the group asking if I did anything. I remained silent. Panic started arising. Group members texting me in private. I removed the blue scene icon in my WhatsApp and would read the messages in airplane mode so they wouldn't see me online when reading, except for the group messages because they would see that I read them regardless of leaving that setting on or off. So I didn't read them. Apparently when you don't do anything related to the project in five weeks, hard to figure out what to do next. Deadline passes. I go to sleep. Class was at nights, at distance cause COVID. Wake up the next day. Several name callings, assignment not delivered, and the group threatening to report me to the teacher. My answer was simple. Teacher's already aware. I'm not doing anyone's work other than mine. You can all go to heck. And left the group. At the end of the semester, only Mark and I passed. They got their turd together in the end, but not enough for the other dead weights to pass. Was the sweetest six. Grades from here go to zero to ten. Six is the bare minimum to pass I ever got. Mark never talked to me again, but it was for the best. I'm not gonna lie, friend or not, it's pretty easy letting Mark go in that situation. In fact, if somebody's gonna go and give you the cold shoulder like that in a group assignment, they're not a friend. And our final story of the day is by Desperate Link 750 getting a co-worker fired after she sent me death threats for my beliefs. About two years ago, I was working at a major amusement park. I became very close friends with a co-worker at the ride I worked at until she found out that I'm a Christian conservative. I don't care what you believe, most of my friends are left-wing and I love them to death. When she found this out, she started calling me racist and saying that she was going to show up to my house and shoot me. Soon after I was let go, I was a whistleblower for a separate issue. But she still kept her position despite the reports I'd made to HR with evidence of her death threats. This is at a park where most of the employees are from other countries, so they were dorms. We were both 19 and she was living there. After I'd been fired, she posted a video on her snapchat story of her drinking a bottle of whiskey. Everyone that works there parties after their shift, even if you have to open the next day, I called the park police, submitted an anonymous tip, and she was arrested, fired, and kicked out of the dorms that night. Don't threaten me because we don't share beliefs. Honestly, I don't blame OP for what they did. Whether you're left-wing, right-wing, centralist, nothing at all, that doesn't make it okay to send death threats to anybody. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below.